there are times that we feel that God seems silent, that he's not listening to our prayers, that he is so distant, that he is so far away that he does not hear us. And that's the feeling of Esau here in this psalm. And there are a few who considers that, or who consider that this psalm is the last psalm that Asaph had written. And this is an expression of his plea that God would listen to him, listen to their plea. And it ended with the hope, hope that God someday will exercise his sovereignty over their enemies. So let me read this Psalm, Psalm 83, uh, verses 1 to 18. O God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they conspire with one accord. Against you they make a covenant. The tents of Edom and the Ismailites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gibel and Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Asher, who has also joined them. They are the strong arm of the children of Lot, Selah. Do to them as you did to Midian, as to Sisera and Jabin at the river Keshon, who were destroyed at Endor, who became dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zib, all their princes like Ziba and Zalmona, who said, Let us take possession for ourselves of the pastures of God. O oh my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind, as fire consumes the forest, as the flame sets the mountains ablaze, so may you pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your hurricane. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be put to shame and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace, that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. O God, do not keep silence. That's the first word of this psalmist. This psalm concerns an attack on Israel by enemy nations. Their hatred of Israel obviously are results from their hatred towards God. As we read in verse 1 to 4, this is the expression of the psalmist, how they hated, or how they hated, uh, the enemy hated them. Oh God, do not keep silence, do not hold your peace, or be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. So on all sides, enemies in conspiracy gather together to fight against God and his people. In verse 5 to 8, they conspire with one accord. They are just united against this nation, a small nation. They conspire with one accord, accord against you. They make covenant. So it was not against them, the nation of Israel per se, but against God. Who are they? The tents of Edom and the Ismailites, Moab and the Hagrites, 
Gibal and Ammon and Amalek, Philistia and the inhabitants of Tyre. Asur also has joined them. They are the strong arm of the children of Lot. So these places mentioned are the pagans who conspired against each other or who conspired together in order to fight against Israel in the history. We learned that during the time of Joshua, even during the time of the kings, they didn't stop but conspired against the nation of Israel. Any enemies of the of Israel are always together in 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 their uh, quest or in their pursuit to wipe out the nation of Israel. Even at this time, a few days ago, we have read and we have heard about the crisis in Israel right now. And you know this crisis are, are, is growing through, or I mean, this, this war, this conflict between the neighboring nation of Israel has been for ages. And this is part of the prophecy. This is part of the word of the Lord's as a warning because the disobedience of, of Abraham, and it has a historical background way back in the time of Abraham, that his disobedience would have this effect. The consequence of his disobedience will be the conflict within the nation of Israel, even from the nations around him. The psalmist rehearsed God's deliverances in the past to encourage, to encourage them, to encourage others that as God defeated these enemies, God would repeat the same things that he did in the past, even in other situation. He mentioned about the defeat of Sisera and Jabin in the time of Deborah in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 4, verse 1 to 31, and the Midianites in the time of Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verse 1 to 28. So the psalmist has the confidence that God would defeat the, their present enemies again, as God did in the past. Now, when we look back history, we always say history is his story. It means that God, who was faithful to his promise in the past, will remain faithful even today. So the psalmist said in verse 9 to 12, Do to them as you did to Midian, as to Sisera and Jabin at the river Kishon, who were destroyed at Endor, who became a dung for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zib, all their princes like Jeba and Zalmona, who said, Let us take possession for ourselves of the pastures of God. Now, because of the pain and the sufferings that the psalmist and the rest of the people experience. This has caused the psalmist to pray that God would destroy them completely. In verse 13 to 15, he said, Oh my God, make them like whirling dust, like chaff before the wind, as fire consumes the forest, as the flame sets the mountains ablaze. So may you pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your hurricane. So he asked God to intervene, that through his power, he will wipe out these people just like a fire consuming a, a forest. 
just like a flame consuming the dust or the 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 whirling dust or like the chaff in the wind and as a consequence for this he believed that when god will do this and this will be their response the people will acknowledge god's sovereign power and praise his holy name so he asked god to fill their faces with shame in verse 16 that they may seek your name o lord so if they will see God's power, they will realize that indeed this is a sovereign God that we cannot fight against, that we cannot disobey, or we cannot just mock and deride him as the sovereign God. So he mentioned in verse 17 to 18, let them be put to shame and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace. For what reason? In verse 18, that they may know that you alone whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. This happened during the time of Pharaoh. Pharaoh thought that he can compete with God, he can counteract, and he can go against the God of Israel. But when he received the ten plagues at the end of the day, he recognized that God is the God who is sovereign. God allowed this this um, story or this experience of the Jews in Egypt during the time of Pharaoh for God to prove that he is the powerful God, that his display of power, his display of his unfathomable, indescribable power could lead people to worship and recognize him, that indeed the God of the Jews is the most high God. Yes, there will come a time, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, that every bow should bend and every knee, or every knee should bow and every, every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. And that will happen someday, my dear friends and brethren in the Lord. Let's trust that the Lord will fulfill His promise. Someday He will come again to judge this world, to give justice to those who are oppressed. And it would be sooner. Right now, we are seeing these things happening around the world, that the wicked are in conspiracy in order to persecute and and oppress the righteous. We have still a lot of brethren in the other parts of the world right now who are under persecution. And let's pray for them that they will hang on and believe God despite the persecutions, that they will continue to believe and trust God, that God would, would come and deliver every one of us ultimately and then we will see how the world will glorify the Lord during the time. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow that he is the God. May God help us. Father, thank you that in this psalm, it started with 
um, uh, an expression of of um, indifference or it seems that you are absent, it seems that you are very far away, but at the end of the day, we can still hope unto you, Lord, even if we know that it seems that that the word that we can are 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 ongoing in their wickedness, they are relentless in their pursuit towards um their own selfishness and their own wickedness. But we can trust, Lord, that someday you are going to judge this world. And thank you that we can look unto you. You are faithful, as you did in the past. Lord, when you look into history, you will do the same, because you are the same God that we worship from yesterday, even today and tomorrow. So encourage us, Lord, to your word today, that we can hope for the best in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.